This week's episode of Podular Modcast is brought to you by Patchworks Seattle. Please visit them at P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Also by Needham Woodworks, the finest Euro rack cases in all the land. Do you want to step up your studio game? Well, then head over to NeedhamWoodworks.com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week we have Dennis Smith, a.k.a. Fossilize Me, on the show. Um, I'm very excited uh, for this chat, for you to hear this chat. I already had this chat. Um, but if you're not familiar with, with Dennis's music, maybe pause this and go, listen, um, very talented synthesis. So much so that I asked him to prepare a patch that, that he felt uh, kind of embodied his style and and he did just that um it's a great patch and he's gonna walk us through it uh i also am so interested in the pictures that he uses for his album art uh there the first one i saw first full length on mystery circles i was like that looks like the badlands and then he did a split with akil adam you heard akil on the show a few months back um and I was like, that that cover, that picture is definitely the Mammoth Hot Springs in Yellowstone. And I was right about both. So I was like very, very drawn to his, to check out his music just because of that, because I, I felt like maybe some, some kindred spirit stuff there. So yeah, we're going to get into that in a moment here. But first, let's talk about After Later Audio. Now, after Later Audio has been up to some pretty cool stuff over the last few months, and uh, I'm telling you, 2021 will be the year of After Later Audio. I know what's coming, and you guys should be very excited about that. Um, but what exists now? We got the Benjolin V2. Um, now, the Benjolin is a is a uh, a legendary module that was developed by a man named Rob Hordyke. Um, and it was kind of one of these things that you had to find the, the schematics and build yourself. It, it didn't really exist in a, a commercial aspect. And then After Later Audio teamed up with Rob Hordyke. And then uh, Lenny from After Later did some, some kind of revisions with Rob's uh, permission. And they spent a lot of time kind of going back and forth and developed this beautiful module that actually can work with the uh, the Turing machine expanders. So it's it's just it's a it's a great CV source. It's a great sound source, and it's also uh, a great source of random uh, gates and voltage if you use those expanders. So please go check them out at AfterLaterAudio.com. But what else is going on? Uh, spring, I, I don't know if spring has officially sprung, ca- like calendar-wise, but it, it feels like we're out of the winter, which is great. And it's very strange to see the, uh, you know, when you're seeing the date. It's, 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 I'm on my fourth Crims- Chris Hemsworth picture of the uh, Chris Hemsworth calendar I got for my wife for Christmas. And it's just kind of like, this is going by really fast. Um, and they say that, you know, times your perception of time... Uh, you know, it changes as you get older. It seems time seems to go faster as you get older because of reduced novelty. You know, by the time you're in your late thirties, barring any kind of uh, extraordinary circumstances, uh, you, you've, the day to day, you've kind of seen it all. Um, and so, I don't. So yeah, it's just that that it just seems like yep, I'm here. I've done this. Uh, 
this is the thing. And then it just kind of all starts blurring together and you just keep doing it. But sometimes I, I get in these little anxiety loops where I'm thinking like, what if it's actually some weird, um, you know, physical, you know, quantum mechanical thing where time is actually speeding up and it's speeding up at an exponential rate to where by the time I'm 50, a year is going to feel like a month and then I'm going to be dead. And then you start being like, oh no, I don't want to be dead. Then you, you like start to think like, and not not in a, like a, a an unhealthy way. I think in actually a very healthy way. We have a very weird relationship with death. I think here in the United States, we're very, it's a very scary thing. But you start to think like, and and I, I and I don't fully agree with that. Of course, I am like not super excited to rush into the void to uh, to uh, go not go quietly into that good night. Okay, I'm losing the thread of what I'm talking about. All I'm trying to say is. If you want to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast, all you have to do is visit patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. It's helping to keep the show going in its current capacity, and I would hope it will help me to grow the show and, uh, you know, fulfill some of these these goals that I have, i.e. Uh, a national tour once the world opens up again. So yeah. Thank you to everybody who supports me already. Thank you to anybody who has supported me in the past. And thank you to anybody who's even kind of considering supporting me in the future. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. Let's get into a demo real quick, and then we will talk to Dennis, a.k.a. Fossilize Me. All right, let's talk about the Vertex Stereo VCA from Warren Electronics. Now, Vertex is a stereo VCA with some clever tricks up its sleeve to give you more control over the stereo domain. Vertex contains four analog VCAs configured in such a way as to give you voltage control of amplitude of a stereo signal or make a mono signal stereo, as well as having control of the balance or panning of the signal. So you can hear that uh, happening below my voice right now. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this and then. I'm going to walk you through what's going on so you can get to know the Vertex because it's a lot of fun. Okay, so I'm going to bring each channel uh, in uh, independently so you can kind of hear what's going on with the left and the right. So there's the left channel. And then there's the right channel. Um, let me also just mention that I'm using the, uh, the ensemble oscillator from 4MS, uh, using the A and B outputs to go into the left and right inputs of the vertex. So let's bring that back up. I've got two CV signals coming from maths channels one and four. One is controlling the stereo field and one is controlling the VCA. So let's just take the skew or stereo, um, aspect out of it and, uh, Right now, we're using Vertex as a pretty standard uh, stereo VCA. There's a gain, so you can, uh, you know, add your wet signal in there. There's also a CV input, uh, or CV attenuator. So that's, you know, all real standard uh, VCA stuff. Here's where it starts getting really fun. Um, there's the skew knob. Uh, which has CV control, but let's just mess with that manually. So I'm going to turn it all the way to the right. Now I'm going to turn it all the way to the left. And that is at the 12 o'clock position. So let's add the uh, this, the um, signal from maths, uh, channel 1, into the skew CV. So right now that is 
pull because it's in the noon position it's pulling everything to the uh, the left side but if I turn it to the right side when the when the when the signal isn't firing into the CV and you're just getting the right side so you're getting some really cool stereo stuff happening here and then of course you can change that with the CV so because I had the CV um, the CV attenuator uh, turned all the way to the left it was favoring the left side and now I have it turned all the way to the right and it's favoring the right side so so let's actually let's just take this uh, the, the, the channel 4 maths out of the CV and then just turn the gain up um, and we'll hear just what the stereo stuff's doing rather than it combined with what um, the opening of the VCA is, is doing. So this is with uh, the gain all the way up. So the VCA is open, just letting this, uh, the signal going through. And this is, the, uh, this is the other signal controlling the stereo aspect of the two signals going in. There, just reversed it. There's the, there's the uh, skew knob in the middle, and I've got the CV turned all the way to the right, and then I'll turn the CV knob all the way to the left. So lots of cool combinations. I'll put that, um, that signal back into the, uh, the CV to open up the VCA, and you can hear it all happening together. Go to warringelectronics.com to learn more about the Vertex and the Parallax, which we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Dennis, nice to meet you. Been nice listening to, to a lot of your music lately. Um, but before we get into anything, um, I'm not I'm not sure where I want to start with this, but I just want to I want to guess really quick. This is Mammoth Hot Springs, right? Yeah. And then the cover of your album is is that the Badlands of South Dakota? Uh yes it is. Okay. Um are you a geologist? Not even close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Paleontologist? Well, I guess that would be close. I'm just I'm I'm noticing a uh a trend with uh your name and then the name of your your al- your album and then your your split EP. Um so is it just a fascination then with with geologic time scale or what is it? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the aesthetic, I guess, of, um, really, uh, textural, uh, landscapes and, um, yeah, just, uh, a lot of it. I, I'm, I was really inspired, uh, when I visited like those places, like, uh, a couple years ago, I went on a road trip, um, and, did basically like the North Loop, um, went through uh, the Badlands and a lot of national parks and stuff um, before mm-hmm. uh, pandemic times, of course. Yeah. Uh, and went down the West Coast and then like looped back to Maryland here. And okay. Yeah, just uh, that was kind of when I realized uh, that I drew a lot of inspiration from, uh, from nature and, uh, not necessarily, uh, places that, you know, are typical, um, like, uh, nature, like a nice, you know, sunny forest or something. I like that Mm -hmm. too. 
but um, a lot of the more like barren, desolate uh, places reminded me of almost of like a otherworldly uh, feeling. So um, yeah, I, I kind of tried to capture that or some something like a prehistoric sort of vibe um, in terms of the aesthetic. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'm also a huge fan of nature and after doing some Instagram creeping, it looks like we've been to a lot of the same places. Um, and I think you were, I was in Yellowstone like exactly a year or two, like, like to the day after you, cause we were out there for this last September for my wedding anniversary. Um, and that place just blew my mind. Um, and I bought a, I brought a, uh, a battery powered synth out there and recorded a bunch of remote performances. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I watched a couple of those. That's awesome. Um, when you, one more question, just cause I'm just like, I'm super fascinated with, with geology and, and just, you know, national parks and stuff. Did you take the one Oh one down the West coast? Um, I, I actually didn't take any, um, modular, um, no, I meant the highway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know you have the 101. So, yeah, that, that's that's funny. Yeah. To be honest, I I can't even really remember. I I it's it's all a blur um the mm -hmm. routes and I know we were in Ohio forever or what felt like forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 200 miles of construction ahead. It's like, "Oh, okay. Well." But yeah. um yeah, it was it was really a life-changing experience going out uh and you know, I, it made me realize uh, that I really want to travel and see, you know, I, I'd kind of been in a bubble before that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, hopefully soon we'll be able to travel again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I keep, I'm going to keep saying it out loud. I've already said it um, on a podcast before, but I keep putting this like my mental vision board is once, once the world is normal again or whatever our normal is going to be when we can see each other. Um, I want to like get a camper van and go on like a U.S. tour and just hit all the different modular scenes and record podcasts and play shows and stuff. That's like, and then hit up all the national parks in between. That's like, that's literally my dream. Like if that happens, that's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> that, I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Sounds like a life I could live. Um, that, yeah. Being definitely. on the road is like, if you're not, it's funny if, going into work it's like oh man i'm stuck in traffic here like hate driving but you know mm -hmm. i could drive all day if i don't have like a, a place to be <laughs> same here yeah my wife and i do that like that's been really saving grace for the pandemic is uh we know living where we do it's pretty we're pretty lucky we can kind of drive in any direction and hit n nature like really nice nature in just a less than an hour so it's, that's what we've been doing is just like on a weekend well let's just go on a drive and try to pick a spot we haven't been yet and just go. And it's been really nice, but, um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I, I just had to ask those questions. I was just so fascinated by the album art. Cause I really, I really like what the aesthetic that you've set up for yourself. But, um, I want to talk about your, your musical history. So you're, you're in Baltimore. Um, have you always, is that where you grew up? Uh, no. So I, I grew up, um, in like a rural area, north of Baltimore, um, like near the kind of Chesapeake city. Um, it's like on the Maryland, Delaware state line. Um, okay. and 
um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but I'm happy to, uh, like when I moved to Baltimore, um, went to Towson and, you know, met my, my fiance and all my, uh, a lot of my friends and stuff. Um, I actually live in Columbia, Maryland now. So I, I moved out of Baltimore, um, a couple of years ago. Um, okay. Just because uh, we're a little closer to D.C. too, it's, it's kind of in between Baltimore and D.C. Okay. okay. But um, but the modular scene um, in in Baltimore and D.C. I it's crazy how just over the years it's really blown up. Um, like I I remember when you know it was like me and and my buddy from college uh, were really the only people that that I knew of who weren't someone online who had like a, a Euro rack. And now I feel mm -hmm. like there's like a meetup and people, uh, well now it's kind of virtual, but, um, right. like, like every week, um, uh, shout out to the DC modular collective. Um, I, some, almost every week I'll, I'll meet, um, with them. We'll have like a little zoom, um, chat and, uh, we'll do like a demo of, of some module and, and talk about it and have discussion and stuff. Okay. Is Ollie um, the architect? He's out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. He actually, yeah. actually, uh, like we, we both work at, uh, NIH. So, Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> the same job kind of, well, uh -huh. no, not the same job, but yeah. Uh, -huh. same do you guys see each other at work? No. Or when you did go to work? <laughs> no, I never actually saw him on campus. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it it's uh I've seen him like did a show at uh Chuck Levin's um a while back and uh I saw him there. That was the first time like meeting him in person. Um got to talk to him. Yeah, and okay. uh, Yeah, he's he's a really nice, really cool guy. He has yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, a new album out now. Oh, sweet. Pretty awesome. I thought it's a new so an album. Okay. I I saw a single was released recently. I have to check that album out. Um, so I, is that a Dan Electro back there? Guitar? No, no. It's or a, is that like um, a Dobro or something? It's a, it's a Gretsch. Uh, it's a resonator. Uh, oh, it's, okay. It's like a, it's like a twangy acoustic. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, so that kind of, the reason I brought that up is, um, listening to your music, it sounds like, I think we chatted about this a little on Instagram, but I was like this, um, it sounds like you're playing live instruments on, on your record and it sounds like you might be a drummer or a guitarist or both. Is, is that accurate? <laughs> so yeah, that's, um, that's definitely accurate. I, so I started, um, like playing music as a, uh, as a drummer and I started in, um, in it was like first grade doing, you know, just doing it in band. Um, mm -hmm. and, I had like this really crappy, uh, first act drum set and <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still in my parents' basement in like multiple different pieces, broken, uh -huh. you know, um, but yeah, that's, and I would just, you know, mess around on it. Um, and then maybe in like seventh or eighth grade, I got really into like Metallica and, <laughs> you know, metal music and I would play along with that, um. And then after that, I got into like playing guitar um, and like 
I got into Pink Floyd and, you know, high school and, uh, so I, I didn't really take any, um, guitar lessons. I just, uh, I got like a Yamaha acoustic and just played along with songs until I, you know, kind of figured it, figured it out, uh, to a certain extent. Um, and then I got to the point where I wanted to record myself and it was like, okay, uh, audacity and I have a USB rock band microphone and, <laughs> you know, I, and that's kind of where, uh, where it started, um, in terms of me like trying to produce my own music. Um, and ever since then, it's just kind of been me trying to f figure out how to make, um, the sounds that, you know, I'm imagining or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whatever I'm, I'm like hearing, whatever I want to create, um, you know, finding tools to make that a reality. Um, okay. Yeah. Just don't ask to hear any of those recordings from <laughs> seventh grader. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want to, um, <laughs> <You don't. laughs> so, so do you, how does this, how do you end up with modular? Cause I'm looking at your setup and you have a very serious setup. I mean, you have both of the ortho orthogonal devices, um, is that a nerd seek? You've got the WMD mixer. I mean, you've got, you've got, that's a powerful rig you've got behind you. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, uh, grew over time. Um, just kind of happened and, and now it's to the point where like I, I had to force myself to sell stuff if I want to, yeah. you know, if I want to get another thing, I'm like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> not going to get another case, you know, holding <laughs> off on that for, yeah. Um, but yeah, I can, uh, I can go through stuff. I, I mean, I just, um, I started off with, um, my first module was, um, Morphogene. That was my first, like, um, Eurorack. And I had a tip top, um, one of their like happy ending cases. Yeah. That's what I started with too. Yeah. And, and it's, um, it was just really, and it was like in this giant, um, like, 3U rack mount thing, like meant for portable, like rack gear. Uh -huh. um, oh yeah. Yeah. I had one of those too. Like, um, like one of those, like S is it STS or what is it? SKB, like an SKB yeah, no, carry is, case or something. That's literally what it was. Um, and it was just the, uh, the tip top. Um, well, this is actually the same exact, um, happy ending. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, uh, I built it into like a little portable case here. Um, and then, kind of expanded from there. Um, but, but actually I, I kind of came from, uh, kind of like an audio engineering production background, um, rather than like, I know a lot of people who come into modular are from like, a DIY electronics background and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's cool that, uh, you can have so many different, uh, people from all different backgrounds coming into the modular. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I was, what, let me, I wanted to see if, did you go like, it sounds like possibly, did you just like go from soft synth straight into modular or were you like a synth guy and then you went into modular or was that kind of, I mean, getting Morphogene as your first module, that makes me think maybe you're getting into it more for like effects and not the synthesis aspect of it. Yeah. And that, that's that's very true um because i started off just kind of 
I, I downloaded this like cracked version of logic and just <laughs> had, that's what I had for years. <laughs> yeah. I actually just upgraded only like maybe a year ago. If that, <laughs> um, yeah, the first 10 episodes of this were on a cracked logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and then it just started like getting so buggy. I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to cough up the 200 bucks or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, um, uh, I would just kind of pile on like effects and plugins and stuff. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's how I would make music. And, you know, I, I kind of got tired of the, the, uh, keyboard roll and yeah, or piano roll. Um, and I was like looking for something kind of fresh and new. Um, and I met, um, my friend, uh, Collins who, um, he actually, he goes by Kalobo on Instagram. Um, okay. But, yeah, he, he kind of introduced me to Eurorack, and I think he had, like, uh, braids and a clouds and then, like, some tip-top matrix sequencer thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, like, blown away. I was like, this stuff is so cool. Like, I yeah. <laughs> I need something like this. And, and for a while, I, I actually, like, I kind of... Uh, stayed away from it purposefully because I knew it was like such a rabbit hole and then I just fell down yeah. it. And I had like all these synths, like I had a, I had like a, um, a Deep Mind 12 and uh, um, and all this stuff. And then I was like, I was like, oh, this, you know, this will just, I won't get into modular, but I'll get this. And so this will just fulfill that. And then, you know, the inevitable kind of happened. Yeah. <laughs> my I still have my MS20 though. That was that's my first like synth, I guess, uh mm-hmm. like hardware. Well, that's synth. so easy to interface with yeah. the modular too, right? Yeah, other than the um the S trig Y trig inversion thing, but that's Oh. Um yeah, there's just some some different um it's like inverted triggers and and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um but um but uh NerdSec actually handles uh hertz per octave which is what um the ms20 does so they play really nice together oh nice yeah okay um so you can like you can use um the nerd to sequence your ms20 then yeah yeah that's yeah that'd be cool yeah it's okay. uh yeah it's pretty pretty fun this in this case conveniently like fits right on top of the, the ms20 oh nice really <laughs> nicely so yeah i see the wood are, did you, are those just are those did you make those cases um, yeah, so it was like a project with my dad. Um, he is a, um, he's like a carpenter handyman. Um, and also like, uh, like he builds houses for a living. So uh-huh. he, he, as soon as I told him that I wanted to do this, he, he got like so excited and, uh, that's crazy. Did you know that Akil's dad helped him build his case too? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny. I, I was like talking to him, uh, about uh-huh. it too, like throughout the process. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, it's a really great experience to, you know, to get to do that. Um, it was like when I was, uh, home a lot more often too. So, mm-hmm. um, I haven't been able to visit as much, which kind of sucks, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was great. Um, just, he has like a, a barn just full of wood and tools and hardware and stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's slap it together. <laughs> and Nice. Yeah. Nice. So both of these, um, are um we made and um there's there's actually another one of these 
um, of these nine U's without any mm-hmm. rails on it, just sitting kind of waiting <laughs> in my basement. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I've, I've I've thought about making it into like a, a planter or something. Uh huh. <laughs> just so you can't be. <laughs> exactly. That's a good idea. Um, that's this is reminding me of like my pre real case days, like. I had a, a a two post rack for like a data server that I'd cut in half with a bandsaw. So I had like this four foot high and I just put happy endings in it. So I had like, <laughs> I think I had 12 U of happy, of happy endings in this, like, and it was so heavy. I'd put it in the back of my car. I played a show with it. It's just like the backs all exposed. <laughs> the ribbon cables are all exposed and shit. It's like, how did I do that? <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta work with what you got. Um, I derailed us on this, this case conversation. Where were we? Um, okay. So you're, you're getting, you're getting into modular. You're thinking, okay, I'm just going to get the morphogene. And then of course you have all this empty space, which is very triggering of the gas, you know? Oh yeah. It was actually, um, well, I had a, a full case of, of, uh, this three U here and, uh, a four HP and, and I, I got the morphogene and magneto, um, those mm. were like my, you know, effects combo. And I was, and I, I also got, um, like after I got them, I got really into the idea of like physical modeling and I really love, um, I still love it. Uh, logics like native, um, I think it's called sculpture. They're like, okay. Um, virtual, uh, they're, uh, physical modeling synth sounds really nice so i was like oh yeah it'd be cool to have a hardware one of those too and you know try and get some like organic kind of kinds of sounds um you know in in my rig and then mix it i was thinking like i'd mix it with uh guitar or you know things like Mm -hmm. that live instruments um and then i i kind of uh i was still sequencing everything from uh from my computer and so it was uh or I guess I wasn't really sequencing it from my computer, um, like the, the instruments and stuff, but it was, uh, it was kind of weird. I had like a SQ one and, um, Pamela's mm-hmm. new workout and stuff and, and they worked well, but it, it just felt like it left me wanting more. Like, yeah, I just, I wanted more control over the melodies exactly. And, um, yeah, so I, I ended up inevitably expanding and, um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and here I am now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like when you end up... Is the 301 the sequencer or the 101? Which is... The, the 101 is the, is the sequencer. Okay, so... I feel like when you get into that territory, that's like, you mean business with your sequences. Because that thing seems ridiculously deep and like you could do so much with it. Yeah, I, I definitely had to uh, read through the manual a lot and I still have to reference it occasionally. I, I feel like it, it's like really straightforward, um, in a way that you can kind of get used to it and understand what you're doing just after maybe like an hour of sitting down with it. Um, okay. and it's, and it's really powerful in that way, but then there's also a lot, it goes a lot deeper than that. And, um, I think it's definitely worth like, um, it, for, for me, it was worth, uh, putting in that time and, I feel like it's really rewarding in um, the way that it kind of makes me think about the music that the melodies that I'm creating. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, um, 
it doesn't have like a any sort of grid on it so it's just sort of like you insert notes in a um, and you can loop different groups and stuff like that um, and it's it's in in a way that kind of forces you to use your ear um, to mm -hmm. Uh, to define the melodies or, you know, sequences, voltage or whatever you're sending to it. Um, and I really like that about it because I feel like something like, um, on the other hand, like a sequencer that has like a grid, I, I felt like I was um, dialing things in like without really, um, without focusing my attention on like each and every note. And then sometimes too, like I'll, I'll listen to the way things are going as I'm sequencing and I'll kind of go down a different pathway based mm -hmm. on like, if I hear a note that I like that I wasn't expecting to. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of describing what I don't like about writing sequences <laughs> is that if I'm writing on a grid sequencer, I don't write music that I would write if that makes sense. Like, because it's like, okay, what's the next note? I'm more like sitting, like I play guitar, you know, bass and piano or whatever, like, but I don't, I'm not trained. So I just sit and I play by ear until I find the part that I like. And that is hard to do with like a grid sequencer. So maybe, maybe you're selling me on this. What is it exactly? It's the orthogonal devices ER 101. Yeah. And the, for the uh, listener and the, and the 102, the ER 102 is the expander that comes okay. with it. Um, and yeah, it, uh, I would definitely say, um, that it's, it's very like a personal kind of preference in terms of sequencing. I know people that, that they, you know, they don't really like that way of sequencing either, you know, um, and they, they like more of grid style sequences and, and really in, in the end of the day, it, it, I think sequencers just come down to like preference and totally they're, yeah. they're very personal module. I guess all modules are, but I feel like, I feel like sequencers are really personal. Like I really vibe for gate sequencing anyways with the, 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 um, the Metron. Like I love, I love that. So I guess when I'm writing, I just learned this about myself when I'm writing like rhythmic stuff, I do like a grid. Um, mm -hmm. but speaking of se sequencers, like you have nerd seek and the one one So, and, and just listening to music, it's, there's no question that like the sequencer is kind of the, the, the heart of what you're doing. Cause you do really, you do like, you do songs, you do like melodies, you do like, it's not just modular, modular bleep bloop music, you know? <laughs> so I'm curious, like how, how do you like, is one of those the main sequencer for a certain set of modules or a certain job, or is it kind of, does it change between the two or? Um, so I, for the most part, um, I mean, I, I, I switch it up a lot too, like even the placement of modules and the, but, but there are things that kind of live in certain places for a while. And that's like, I usually will have my, my nerd sec and my 301 down here. And then like the 101 and 102, um, up in the case, like in the center. Um, and other than that, I'll just kind of swap things, um, in and out. But a lot of the time, um, I'll use the nerd seek to sequence like on the 301, uh, the ER 301, um, different like drum patterns and, uh, trigger samples. And, um, even sometimes just like conditional events and, um, different, uh, 
like switches and <laughs> sorry. My That's dog. Right. <laughs> Plenty of dogs have showed up on Podmod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's out there doing something. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, it was um yeah, so a lot of the time I'll use like the MIDI interface too to um to get a like C V signal and then I'll go into the the um the record input of like the ER one oh two so I can use you know whatever device I'm I'm using here and record that into this sequencer so I can like play a melody and then kind of fine tune it with the interface. Okay. Oh um, okay, nice. But but I I wouldn't say that that's like the only workflow that that I have when sequencing. Sometimes I really like um, the ideas that I come up with when I just start off using the uh, ER101. I feel like um, just it it kind of treats like sequences as just this abstract um, form of of like raw CV values that can be represented either as notes or it's it's like very precise and almost like mathematical in in the way that well like there's a math function on it so it's yeah it's mm-hmm. it's definitely mathematical in that way but it's <laughs> yeah it's um i really you know like what i create a lot of the time when i just spend time with it and um yeah that's that's how this uh song was created i just um started without any of this here and, and started with the ER 101, like individually programming a line that I had in my head. And then, um, uh, after I kind of filled up, um, the idea in, uh, of whatever voices are in the rack, I was like, okay, I could use some, I think I could use some like percussion and maybe some like DSP stuff so I, I added this uh, the 3U down here um, and then I also um, I put in my uh, the winter bloom soul down here to do some uh, to allow me to do chords with the uh, launch pad okay cool and what are you are you using like uh, plats or braids or something for that or um, so I have plats doing um, doing chords in in the rack and I'm sequencing like the main melody line with um, one of the CV values from the ear 101 and then like the harmony line with the CV the other CV value from the same like sequencer track so I can kind of like change note and chord as I go um, mm-hmm. which is convenient um, I could do that with NerdSeq too um, but uh, but I, I also have um, some chords uh, internally in the 301, like at the wavetable polysynth. Okay. Um, okay. Nice. Yeah. Someone on the, uh, the, the forums posted, um, yeah, posted one. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So it's like a single cycle. You load, um, whatever single cycle waveform and it creates like a, you can like load an array of them and it'll make like a wavetable from it. Whoa. Yeah, I've heard that 301 is crazy. Like, it's not, it's like a sampler, kind of, but like, that seems like too simplistic of a. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's uh, titled at the top, it's called a sound computer, and I think that's the best way to describe it. It's like, it's like a, I mean, it is a computer, literally, but it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, without the, uh, 
you know, with, with a much, um, with a UI that's way more like geared towards making music. And I, I'd almost kind of like compare it to like max MSP or pure data okay. for like modular. And yeah, I just really like the UI of it. Um, so did you have to like get on a waiting list and like wait forever to get your orthogonal devices? <laughs> I feel like those are hard modules to get. Um, well, I, I got it, um, it, I, I got it directly, um, and I got it back in, I'm trying to remember if it was like 2017 or, um, but I got it, I got it a while back, um, and it, it was, uh, it, I did have to wait a little bit, um, but they were available for a while after that, I, I think recently with like the pandemic, um, uh, the Brian, the creator of uh, the ER301, it's like supply chain, uh, international shipping kind of broke. So yeah, he's been um, working on some some new updates that I'm pretty excited about. But um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I did have to wait a little bit. <laughs> um, well, I was gonna ask another question. What was it? Um, well, yeah, we could probably get to your patch here in a second because I think I'll, I'll have a lot of questions along the way. But before we do that, I just wanted to ask about your involvement with Mystery Circles and then, you know, the, the your album and then your recent release with, with Akil Adam. Like, how did you get hooked up with, with Mystery Circles? And then how did this 7-inch uh, this split come into existence? Because I just got this the other day. It's beautiful, this, this clear blue 7-inch. Uh, it's so cool. Um, Thank you. Um yeah, that's uh, a project that's been in the works for, for a while. Um, probably like almost a, maybe like eight or ten months we've been, you know, okay. kind of talking about it. Um, and um, yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy to, to think about that, that it's a reality now, um, <laughs> which is it's pretty awesome. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I was like sending um, Akil some some messages we would we would talk about like gear and um is uh, this before you got hooked up with mystery circles for your album or is this just how the fault came into be i'll uh i guess i'll start from from <laughs> mystery circles so i i had created um era my first album and that was like something that i worked on for a really long time without really like a release planned um mm -hmm. probably like a little over a year um and I finished, you know, or finished the album and I was, uh, I was like, okay, well, I want to do like a physical release. You know, I've, I've done some, some digital releases. I worked really hard on this album and it, I just feel like it's something that I wanted to, you know, I had like an idea for the aesthetic and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I was like, okay, how do I, how do I do that? And I was like, okay, well, did some research and was like, oh, you can use this website and we'll send your, you know, your releases to these record labels and, and all this stuff. And I was, it, it kind of didn't really feel like uh, natural or, you know, like the right way to go about it for me, um, at least. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I really liked um, some of the stuff that I had heard from, uh, from the Mystery Circles label and it was uh it seemed like just the community um and 
David, uh, you know, he's, he's just such, he's a really nice guy. Um, mm -hmm. really easy to work with. And that kind of seemed like a more natural, uh, way to go. So I, I just like messaged him on Instagram with like a pitch basically and, uh, <laughs> and a private streaming link to the album. And I was like, Hey, I really like, you know, the community, um, around your, you know, around your label. And I think that, you know, you, if you like this music, maybe you'd be interested in, in doing a release and yeah, luckily he, he did. So, yeah, that, that approach usually like that, the approach you took almost never works, but I think your album was just so good that it, <laughs> it worked for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it's like, I'm, I'm blown away with, um, with what you're able to do with modular, like, and then I know it's like something you set out to do is make, you know, kind of more, you know, fully fleshed out musical tracks. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, I really love, I, I really love mystery circles as kind of a whole, like a community at the releases. It's, um, yeah, it's a well curated label, lots of really cool stuff. Um, so, so you were starting this, the story, how you got hooked up with Akil. So had he already released stuff with mystery circles at this point? Or is that how you met Akil or? So, so before, um, before I even, um, before I met David from mystery circles, um, I saw, um, someone had shared that this person, this guy did a, um, did, a like a, a mod to elements, which was a module mm -hmm. I had and he'd like uh um it basically taken like the exciter and the the resonator and um like decoupled them so you could use some different patch scenarios to you know bypass things and i was like oh that's really cool like i'm gonna mm -hmm. talk to this guy so um we kind of just uh you know got into talking gear and and whatnot and um yeah we we're uh we, you know, made, uh, made, made a good friendship and, um, and then later on after I had, uh, released my album, um, or I was, I don't even know if it was, I think it was before I even released my album or told him, um, he was like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, releasing an album with, with mystery circles. And I was like, what? Like I'm, I'm about to have an album come out on mystery circles. So, oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then we had like a, after, after that, we had talked about doing like a split. Um, and I, I can't remember, I think Akil might've, uh, like talked to David about it or I forget exactly how it happened or if I talked mm -hmm. to David. Um, but basically we, we started like a, a group chat and then it kind of things fell in place, um, over the course of the year. And yeah, it was, we, we definitely, uh, did things um, like uh, sometimes a harder way than it would be t like the artwork, for instance, took took a while. Um, um, I ended up using like my friend's artwork, my friend um, BL Strangmoya. He's um, that was his uh, photograph on the on the album cover, and um, you know it, just to make sure uh, that things were creatively like felt right. Um, it, you know, took a while for us to, you know, get things really nailed down. But I think, um, 
I think it was worth it because um, I think the the whole aesthetic of the project really I, I'm really happy with uh, with how it turned out. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It looks awesome, and I mean it's it's especially it was really cool for me because like Yellowstone's still fresh in my head because I was just there in September, and one of the cooler experiences while I was out there was at Mammoth Hot Springs, and it's just so unmistakable. Like even though this is a picture of you know probably. 10 square feet of one of the, you know, the geysers. It's like, well, that's definitely Mammoth Hot Springs. Like, it's just nothing looks like that anywhere else. Um, yeah. Um, and so it's like partially collaborative. It's like, an, it's like a split because you guys have your own tracks, but then you got a collaborative, a couple collaborative tracks on it. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we, we have one um, collaborative track. And that was something uh-huh. that we actually talked about before the split too, is like doing like a, a collab, just, mm-hmm. um, just something for fun. And, um, and then like the split came about and and everything. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a track that, like I, I had made some sort of kind of like a backing, um, backing track, like a skeleton, um, and sent it to him. And, and he was like, wow, this sounds like a lot, like really similar to this, this track that I have. And literally just like mashed them together um and there were like certain notes that that were off but i'm like whoa like this is like this is really cool so we uh-huh. ended up like to, you know just taking elements of that and then like taking elements of um the track that i made and just kind of uh fitting them together and and then passed it back and forth did some um like post-production on it so that was okay uh, yeah so that that was our collaborative track um and then the other ones are kind of um you know we we're trying to make something uh it, something cohesive for a um I mean it, it's definitely like a short uh, album but mm-hmm. but just trying to make sure the aesthetic and the sounds and everything fit yeah it really works um thanks yeah, I'm really into it. Now I'm going to go back and listen to that track again, knowing that's how you guys did it. Because I was going to ask how you collaborated, like, like during a pandemic on modular. It kind of seems like it's an impossibility, but it sounds like uh, fate kind of did some of the heavy lifting as well. Or, um, well, cool. It, can we get into this patch? I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to uh, to have you kind of walk us through and explain your process. Because yeah, just um, really blown away with with what you can do with modular. So, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, let's so dive into it. Do you want me to like go through everything first and then play it or, um, yeah, yeah. We'll play it at the end. So maybe you can just kind of bring in and you don't have to talk about every single patch point, you know, like just maybe like the elements of it and kind of like, okay, I started with this. Why do you start here? Like, is, is this, is this indicative of like your, your patching style or philosophy? Like, did you, or is, is there, I, like, are there habits or not habits? That's a, I don't want, it's kind of negatively charged word, but do you have like certain techniques that you kind of employ every time? You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm curious about. Oh, sure. Everybody's so different, you know? Yeah. So, um, here I'll turn on the, uh, input there for it. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've kind of been, like almost wanting to, and, and I think, you know, habits, uh, isn't a bad word to describe it. Cause a lot of the time, like I will just like, okay, like I want to patch this into here because it's really useful. And you know, this is, it's like, uh, 
almost like boilerplate, you know, set up. <laughs> like, um, so like what I always have going is I'll have like the nerd seeks clock and, um, reset going to, um, the, so the clock is going to like the Pamela's new workout clock. And then like, um, and then I'm sending like a, a different divided signal to the R101 and surprisingly I don't get any lag or anything with that. So, um, yeah. And then I, um, and then I'll send like the reset to, uh, the ER 101. And so that kind of keeps everything, uh, in place. Um, but then sometimes I'll, uh, I can also like sequence these sequences with this sequencer. So you can, so like, you're se you're sequencing the, the 101 with the nerd seek. Yeah. Not, not in this example, um, particularly, uh -huh. but, um, yeah, it's you, like you can use a CV voltage and a gate to like select a, a loop pattern like some sort mm -hmm. of a pattern that you have and then you can like trigger that to happen on like a quantized step so okay so you can that must be really nice for live situations yeah definitely so i don't have to like i i um i i haven't done much live stuff for it i mean it's been um forever but uh yeah i i've um you can actually have a lot of different a lot of data in like a single sequence so you can kind of put everything uh, in one quick save and and work with it that way, which is really nice for like transitions. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, anyway, I'll so with this patch uh, particularly, I started with um, I, I kind of wanted to do something that I hadn't tried before um, and use uh, like a complex uh, a more complex. Uh, waveforms and like a lot of the time I'll um I'll I'll take like uh the the audio out from uh you know some module and then I'll patch like a a CV um signal into like a ultra octave and then like I'll like write the melody and then I'll go and like okay like what do I want to add to this like texture wise mm -hmm. and uh this time I I started just with the um I have uh two uh mannequins mangroves and a um and a cold mac that kind of work as a pseudo complex oscillator um okay i guess it's not really complex because the the patches aren't like normal nothing's like mm -hmm. but um but it you know it kind of gets it's you can do a lot of um make a lot of like different uh types of sounds with with just that so um yeah, so basically, here, if I turn this up. So both of those, um, the gate outs, or both of the uh, audio out, are going into the um, Rabbit Elephant uh, natural gate, which is a really nice, like, organic-sounding um, low-pass gate. And mm -hmm. I, I usually, in terms of um, audio, um, in terms of, like, transients or... I guess that's not the right word, but, um, of like the, sh uh, the waveform or of the, the shape of like an envelope, I'll mm -hmm. kind of go towards, um, if I'm working with like amplitude, I'll usually go towards like a low pass gate rather than like a VCA. Mm -hmm. Um, just cause I like the, it, you can kind of get like more organic textures, um, or not textures, but 
sounding like uh, notes from it. Um, mm -hmm. So if I turn this up, let's see if I can hear. feeding into uh, Three Sisters um, filter, which, so it's like a, a very uh, mannequin's uh, voice. Mm -hmm. And um, basically um, what I'm doing is I'm taking the outputs of both of the mangroves and I'm feeding them into like a crossfader type um, circuit. And then I'm also, I'm taking the location uh, which is like just a, a CV voltage, um, or yeah, CV that as I turn this knob, it like kind of drives in the direction of the, uh, of the knob, of the way I'm turning it, but it, it doesn't necessarily, um, so, so it's like a, it's almost like a slew limiter, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so here, I'll... And and that kind of uh, and then I'm sending I'm syncing both of these oscillators and sending um, the uh, the location into the volt per octave or the the pitch of the uh, of the other non volt per octave uh, mangrove. So I'll just give a demo of the sound. And then I, I have like a little bit of uh, like an envelope um, modulating a, a really fast LFO to kind of make it sound like a tape head fluttering. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Um, yeah, so that's that's what's going on there. Um, so this is what you started building this patch with? Yeah. And Okay. Yeah, and then I... So that was like just an idea um, in terms of like... Um, in terms of sound design and, and what I wanted, wanted to be able to do and have that kind of, uh, that sound. So, um, yeah. Yeah, this sounds, this has a very, like, um, just that piece, like with the tape head flutter thing. It has, it, maybe not this one exactly, but it's reminding me of something that I heard listening to your album. There were a few things that jumped out. I, there were a couple parts that reminded me kind of Eno-esque, but then there were parts where it sounded like Tortoise. Like, do you listen to Tortoise? Do you know who Tortoise I, I, is? I've someone like a long time ago told me I sounded like Tortoise, and I think I like looked them up and like listened to it like up to my ear, and you know, I I, <laughs> I never got around to actually listening. But um, one of the best but, bands, man. They're one to, of the best bands. I'll have to um, give another listen. That's not, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry to derail you. I was no, just like, fine. oh yeah. yeah, I forgot. I wanted to ask him if he's a Tortoise fan. Yeah, you know, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I I, I was really into, um, back in, um, in college, I was really into, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able, it was, it was one of his, uh, one of his, uh, landscape series. Uh, was it, was it landscape? I, I'm so bad with On land? Was it, was it Ambient yeah, 4 it was, on land? It was on yeah, land. That's, yeah, that's a great one. I yeah, love that one. I, when I first heard that, I was like, so like, how is he like processing these recordings and then, like those aren't 
recorded. I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> like, like what? There's, you know, it's it's such a cool, and I think that's that really, um, that did have a big impression in terms of making, um, trying to make like organic, uh, texturally, you know, make mm-hmm. organic sounds. Um, but then I I also have. Uh, I, I, I like, um, you know, melodic, just, uh, I personally like making melodic music. That's just what, uh, mm-hmm. for me, like drives me. Um, and I do listen to, to a good, um, good amount of ambient music, but, but in terms of like my own, um, uh, music, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, I, I kind of lost track. Sorry, of where where were you? Where are you sending that fast LFO to to kind of get that? What are you What are you sending that out? That, so you're going from an LFO into what to give it that kind of tape head? So uh, I'm going. Um, so I have the um, I have stages sending this uh, really fast LFO um, into a VCA, and then there is. Um, there is a channel on maths um, that is uh, sending out a negative voltage to. Um, oh wait, no, my my bad. That's the wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's the wrong <laughs> voltage. My bad. Okay, so no, it it is maths. Yeah. Okay, I thought I had that right. So um, yeah, I'm sending a a negative voltage like the sum output of maths, and it's kind of like a complex, somewhat. I mean, it's it's like a mix of a lot of things, so it kind of pushes and pulls with the um, with the sequences and with other um, like envelopes and gates that I'm sending into it. Um, but it um, but it's somewhat like unpredictable in terms of like when it's gonna pop up. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's what I. Um, but what what parameter of what module are you actually sending that? Oh, <laughs> into um, just the uh, the like the FM input okay that's what i was that's what i was thinking okay yeah cool yeah sorry <laughs> no that's all right i'm just like part of the reason i wanted to start doing stuff like this is so i could steal people's tricks as well <laughs> so <laughs> so you so you start with this this is kind of like a, a base layer like this is is this kind of the idea what you that you're like okay this is i have an idea for this sound you achieve this sound and then you start building from there or did you have like multiple ideas that you wanted to throw together like before you even started patching um, it, it, it kind of depends. Like sometimes I'll have this, this whole idea, uh, in my head and like every single note is, you know, worked out to a T and then I'll recreate it and, you know, have it in, in real life. But to be honest, most of the time when I do that, it kind of, you know, it doesn't, um, <laughs> doesn't really turn out like, I'm like, okay, yeah. like it's, I mean, it, it sounds like I, I imagined it, but not really. So, yeah, you know, yeah, like, that's how every time I try to do that yeah. too, it, same thing. <laughs> yeah. So then I just kind of like let go and I'm like, okay, well, like, uh, let me jam around on this. Like, okay, this, this sounds kind of cool. And then I'll, I'll like make a little melody that, that I like, or I think I like. And then, um, a lot of the time I think what, what helps me with, with, uh, making music is I'll just like stop for a few minutes and get up and go do something Same for like here. half an hour yeah. and then I'll come I back to it lot. and be like, you know, like I, I really like this part. Like I'm just going to get rid of all this stuff and then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll have like more of a clear vision and yeah, 
kind of repeatedly doing that and then coming back and coming back, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I feel like allows, you know, it, it helps me refine, um, definitely my vision of, you know, what, what the track, what I want the track to sound like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me check time here. Just holy shit. Oh. We're at 55 minutes. Um, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, let's go through some of these other building blocks here, um, and then I, I'm, I'm just really curious to hear the patch as well. Um, so that's that's kind of the base layer. Yeah. Um, so I also have. I'll, I'll just go um, go through all the modules here. I have um, Platts is in uh, chord mode, and then it's being sent um, directly into the um, effects aid, the um, happy okay. nerding effects aid. And um, it's it's all the way wet, so it's um, there's none of the dry signal from from Platts <laughs> is uh, is coming through. Um, and then I have uh, rings doing kind of like a um, like a a bass guitar, um, and it's I'm modulating the position really fast to give it kind of like a flanging um, okay. effect, and doing some like uh, I really like the way that the ER-101 uh, treats like glides um, mm -hmm. and they like differ based on the difference between the length of like the duration of your note and the, um, and the duration of the gate. So it'll like glide at different rates. So, so you kind of oh, hear cool. that. Um, this is a, a module I'm borrowing right now from Collins. Uh, it's uh, his uh, endorphins uh, further generator. Okay. And that thing's, it's crazy. I, yeah, it's, um, um, getting like kind of bell sounds out of that. Oh, all right. Um, and um, yeah, um, Morphogene is kind of it's like uh, I pre-recorded or I recorded some um, some of like Platts sounds uh, into it, the, the chords, and then uh, uh, you know like uh, granulated. Or I don't know mm -hmm. the word. Yeah, but but yeah. made it like a you know weird like cloudy background texture sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can actually hear that if I. Oh no, because I have the. Oh well, all right. Well, we'll just have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to wait on that one. But I do that a lot too. Is like I'll take a piece of like a patch that I'm making and I'll record it into Morphogene yeah. beforehand. Now it's coming through. It's it's because this is also a um, yeah. So it's it was uh, I sent uh, plats into this um, the effects aid and then all the way wet and then into Morphogene and then kind of like mangling the texture um, and then that all the way wet into um, Magneto. That's why you're hearing okay. it now and not when I was um, playing it. <laughs> and yeah, Magneto's, uh, you know, it's, it's doing, it's, it's being Magneto. Um, it's, it's definitely, um, when I first got Magneto, it was like so easy to just kind of like throw everything into it. And, and now I, I, you know, I exercise restraint <laughs> as much as possible, <laughs> but, but it still, you know, it just adds like a lot of warmth to, um, to the signal um or to the to the the sounds um let me see what else do i got going on here um yeah so i have uh the the er301 um is 
has a ton of stuff going on. Um, it's sending out a bunch of, uh, it's doing like all the drums and percussion, um, okay. which I have like some kind of metallic, uh, like tinny, um, sounds that, that you'll hear, um, with, a that are bouncing around in a, in a Doppler delay. And then, um, I have like a, some, uh, some samples from, uh, one's like a, just a low, uh, kind of subby sine wave that I'm throwing into a envelope, um, that's modulating a, uh, filter for like the, the kick. And then, um, the snare is, it's a snare sample, like a snare drum. And then I'm like getting, just making it really short and almost like more like a rim shot. And, uh, okay. Yeah, um, and then I also have uh, one of my, um, one of the things, I, I was like trying to figure out how I can get um, the, uh, how I could get um, the launch pad to um, make the ER301 do chords, because I really like the chord mode the launch pad pro mm -hmm. um, has. It has like, you can kind of play notes and then assign them to just a single button if, you, if you've used it before. Um, oh, nice. And it's... So, so I have like a bunch of programmed notes that I had, uh, like a bunch of chords that I had set up and, um, and done. And then, uh, yeah, here, I'll, I'll, I'll play some of those right now. Yeah. So, so that's like the wavetable, um, okay. uh, polyphonic oscillator in the 301. Um, and then I, I have like some different, um, some like little islands, I guess. Of uh, <laughs> if, if you use trackers, that's like a, a term that I've, at least that I'd heard like thrown around where you have like different loops of material. And like you'll say that you have like a one section and you, you can have it looping. Um, and like when it doesn't see a pattern beneath that it will just jump back to the beginning of that like okay. island of patterns but then on the same like pattern screen you can just like have like further down like another island and have that loop so you can, it's it's a really easy way to like navigate um through different like sections and parts of music okay that yeah. sounds really useful yeah yeah i think that's like the it's it's so learning learning how to really stretch your gear is is and just all the ins and out of your of your gear is like especially sequencers um like more complex modules it's like that's the way to get to variation and like stretching out a patch yeah definitely without a doubt um yeah and it's definitely a, a fine line of um of like for me at least in terms of ui i i like to be able to program something and you know dig into to things i don't mind um you know, dedicating time towards like programming a sound, um, and then, you know, revisiting it later on to try and use it in like a cohesive, you know, melodic way or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, like a balance, um, uh, that yeah, it can easily go either way. <laughs> and I'm using, uh, I'm also using the nerd seeks, uh, um, the FM, um, it's like an eight bit FM, um, 
thing. Uh, and, and that's, uh, I, I'm sending that into the Menke dual passive low pass gate. Um, but, um, sorry, I just wanted to go back to the, the winter bloom soul. Um, it's really mm -hmm. cool. It's a, um, it's a module that's made based on, uh, circuit Python, which is like, a it's like embedded systems that run Python. Um, and they're, they're kind of geared towards like learning. Um, to code, which is just something that I've I've been working on since the pandemic, is just learning about uh -huh. um, coding and like Python and C and stuff. And um, it it was just something I was like, oh, this this is really cool. I'll you know I'll buy this and you know learn about something. But in this instance, it was like, okay, well, I can't use this chord mode correctly um, with with the interface of of NerdSeek. So like, what can I do that will um, that will allow me to, to do that and still have, and also like, I didn't want to take up all the outputs for it. So, um, yeah, I, I was able to like go on there and, and you know, you can kind of, it, it like shows up like a drive on your folder and there's like a text thing and you can like edit, um, each output and assign it. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a really cool, really cool module. She has a right on. new module, uh, coming out too. Um, it's like a Juno oscillator chip tune. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've been looking at that big honking button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have, I have one of those too. Cool. It's just, it's, uh, unfortunately couldn't fit today. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it seems like very complicated. So like, I'm, how long do you take to build something? Like typically, um, how long does the patch take? Uh, typically, maybe like... Uh, three or four days or like a week or something. If it, I mean, okay. I've sat on a patch for like a month before, but usually it's not, you know, something it, it, it really depends. Like sometimes I'll, I'll like make something and think I like it and then come back to it and be like, Oh, I don't, I don't like this. And then I just don't play my synthesizer for like two or three weeks or something. Then I yeah. come back to it and I'm like, huh, like, you know, and then I, uh, I'll go down a certain path of it. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, usually about about a week though. If I'm okay. actively um, returning to the patch, I think a week is my 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 uh, my record for the longest I've left something patched. <laughs> <laughs> I like rip it out. I'm like I I build like if I'm gonna try to re like if I'm gonna make a track, I usually make it in one day, like I patch, I'll make seven patches and then whichever one I like, you know, I'll finally land on one, whether it's the first patch or if it's the seventh patch that I've made in the day. And then I'll do like three takes and then I'll pick my favorite take. And it's like mm -hmm. next, I don't, I think it might be my, I might be ADHD or something. I don't know, but no, I think, I think that's, that's normal. I think I, <laughs> I just sit on my <laughs> patches forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, is there anything else about this patch you want to tell us? Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see how all these, how everything that you're talking about fits together. Um, I think I covered, uh, most of the, most of the bases. Um, yeah, I'll just kind of, I mean, I, I definitely, uh, I, I kind of, um, I guess something I, I just want to say about like performances is, uh, like my first show that I ever played, I planned out like every single like turn of every single knob and everything. Uh -huh. And it was like, uh, this has to be exact, you know, so like procedural and mm -hmm. I didn't have like any fun doing it at all. It was like, it felt like yeah. I was just like sweating the whole time. And then, um, so I've, 
I feel like I've learned to let go of that a little bit. And while I do have like ideas of like, okay, like at this point I'm going to transition to this, you know, part of the sequence, you know, I want to be in this area, but, um, I've been able to, to let go of that, which is, um, or some of that, which I think is, is a place I'm happy with in terms of performing live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good advice. I, I, I think having fun while performing is so much more important, um, than if you played the set perfectly to your liking. Um, mm -hmm. and there's no such thing as perfect. And the, <laughs> the more you try to reach for that, the more disappointed you're going to be in the whole thing. And I've played shows where I, you know, not quite as intense as that as like far as every turn goes, but like was just so nervous mm -hmm. and paid so much attention to like everything I was doing, um, that it actually made it worse and I didn't have fun. You know, the, the patch itself was worse and I didn't have fun. Um, so yeah, just like letting go of that and not, you know, it's, it's just a show. It's just a show, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And even like feeling, uh, like, you know, feeling the, the community out a little bit and or not community, but the, the audience, um, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, somewhat, you know, finding, a their vibe, I guess, uh, you know, gauging it and tr trying to like interact with them is, is something, uh, yeah, what I'd like to work on more once, Mm -hmm. Definitely. Are... Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. Cause that both the performer and the audience have fun if, if there's a clear connection between the two and it's kind of on the performer to, um, establish and, or at least foster that connection. Uh -huh. So I think that's something that's important. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Not that there's a lot of live performance going on right now, but like, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who are nervous about live performance and, um, they're, and and maybe have not done it because they're nervous about it, but your your life will have been better after you, you know, for the experience. You know, yeah. it's a good experience, and um, yeah, but the less pressure you can put on yourself, the better. Absolutely, yeah. But by my uh, standards, this is a live performance, considering I, <laughs> you <laughs> right. know, yeah. Right. Other than you know the the redub, I'll send you later to to just edit over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask if, if, um, if it's easier for you for recording purposes to, um, kind of record this, kind of record the performance aspect of it when we're done chatting, that's totally fine too. I can edit this part right here out and I can just throw it in at the end. Um, but if you want to, you know, or if you want to take a swing at it right now, I'd love to hear it right now, but if there's something you didn't like about it and you want to take a swing at it again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have to see about that it depends on how it goes i guess but yeah. um yeah that's uh, that is that's another thing with uh sequencing like this is like um i feel like uh i i try and do everything you know sequence my entire song start to finish like here mm -hmm. um in terms of like my workflow goes and it it helps me um you know streamline things and not be like piecing together different you know some like frankenstein thing in in a doll so it's it's uh yeah it, it yeah it that's a, a workflow thing that that kind of came to me with with modular yeah anyway yeah all right on well let's check this this patch out
Yeah, so that was uh, that's that was match. awesome. Thanks. That was awesome. I think we should. I think. I mean, I. I. If you want to re-record it for your own use, you know, later, I think that's cool. But I think the fact that you just did it live right here is really, really awesome. I think it sounded awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it, uh, it did not go to plan. Uh, it but, didn't. You know, that's you know, but <laughs> nothing ever uh, does, right? <laughs> you'll, you'll, you know, there's. Uh, you didn't get to hear uh, hear Morphogene, but but it's okay. It's he's. Do you just have like the the delay time turned up too high on like what like what because you said it was Magneto's fault that we that we heard it later earlier? Oh no, I, like, I just had the sound on sound all the way down. I I it was like something I mentally it was supposed to like oh let me turn that up you know oh, somewhere I see. somewhere I when see. when I'm feeling right but you uh-huh. know, it was just like forgot about it but um, <laughs> yeah but it was uh, yeah I mean it, it worked out so. Yeah, I thought that was great. But you know, if you do, if you do want to use um, one you record after this for it, that, that that's totally fine. If it was missing a part that you wanted in there, it's really up oh, to you. Okay, well, yeah, it'll be, it'll probably be fine. But okay. <laughs> um, well, I really appreciate your time and and sharing um, your process with us. I like, I I think I asked before the the new year just out to my Instagram followers. Uh, you know, who do you want? Who do you want to have on the show, and who who do you want to hear explain stuff? And and your name popped up a few times, so um, I really appreciate your your time and you know sharing some of your secrets because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that tape saturation trick with FM. Yeah, that's, that's a good uh, trick. I like that. I just I honestly I just like kind of discovered it like as I was messing around with uh, patching it. I didn't I didn't really like um, I'd like sign kind of like an idea, but it it wasn't the idea that that actually happened so um, yeah that's yes. modular for you right <laughs> <laughs> yeah t- touche. yeah uh, <laughs> so is there anything um that we haven't covered or that you want to scream from the modular mountaintops or point people in the direction of before we sign off um i uh i i guess uh I, i'll just shout out again to um DC Modular Collective, and if you're uh, if you're not aware of DC Modular Collective, uh, there's like a Discord and a, a Zoom um, meet, and we're really looking forward to when things can you know be back to in-person uh, definitely events. Yeah. Um, hopefully this later this year, but we'll we'll I guess we'll we'll see about that. All right, that's our episode. Thank you, Dennis, for providing us with that sweet, sweet patch and that walkthrough. Please go check out Fossilize Me on Bandcamp over at mysterycircles.bandcamp.com. Also, if you want to help support the show, visit us at patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Check out patchworks.com. Go buy some After Later audio products from patchworks.com. How does that sound? Two birds, wait, two bird in the hand is a bush. And then also please visit NeedhamWoodworks.com for the finest Euro rat cases in the land. I have a new EP out on Bandcamp as well. It's called Remote Performances Volume 3. I would love it if you checked that out. I'd also love it if you checked out my videos on YouTube. They're kind of my uh, they're my main they're my main my na- my main squeeze right now as far as artistic uh, output goes. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun shooting stuff and, and whatnot. And, uh, and that's our show. Until next week. <laughs>